so just really felt led to start off this kind of this um kind of taken off on this evangelism. I'm going to read two chapters out of my book, but I really felt led to uh, just really lead off kind of with the heart behind evangelism, some do's and don'ts on evangelism, and then really the mission. We'll end with the mission, and then we'll pray. And uh, and then we'll probably kick off, because uh, we should have the materials, I think, by next week. So we'll probably kick off um, school coming out of Rodney Howard Brown and his ministry down the river, the Tampa. We'll have some videos and stuff on just how to lead people to the Lord, um, one-on-one evangelism, things like that um, as we train and equip. And then we'll be ready to hit the streets on June 12th. And then we'll continue training, um, probably just talk about some things and maybe take testimonies the next Wednesday night uh, from Saturday and just kind of what happened and what God did and some things maybe we could do different or you know, what you guys think. Also, we'll have some training, too, on connect cards because you really what you want to do is the follow-through is major in evangelism because, see, people have an encounter with God, and they'll often get the— how many of you know we still are body, soul, and spirit, and so we still get caught up in the emotional side? And what will happen is they'll go away, and like the Bible says, the seed falls to the wayside, and the devil comes in, and he'll say, well, that was just an emotional experience. Look, your life stinks. Nothing changed. You know, and the devil comes in and says, that just really wasn't real. That wasn't real God. You were all up in your feels. You know, all they were pushy. They were this, they were that. And that's what happens. And the devil kind of steals the seed. So follow-up is very important. And actually, we are going to be also opening it up and looking for volunteers as well, uh, which, which while I'm on that, if you would like to serve in the usher or in kids ministry, let us know. Uh, we do have some openings for that. would love to um, get you plugged in. But... Um, if you're not already serving in an area, most of you are. I think everybody in here serves. But anyway, <laughs> so um, preaching to the choir. Um, I- anyway, follow-up is huge, and we'll actually train people in follow-up as well, where what you'll do is we'll get the cards, we'll hand them to you, and you will call them, and then if they need a ride, we'll we'll organize that and get them a ride to church, uh, and we'll reach out to them. So, um, And then we're going to be having follow-up teams. We're going to be adding some structure so some of you men, be ready. You know, you may be on that rotation. It may be your week where we can say, hey, can you just call the guys in the church? You know, Jim, that'd be a great, you know, something. Just call the guys. Hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on? How you doing? What can we pray for? How's life? Just want to pray for you. You know, those kind of things. We want to be more intentional with those kind of things. Follow up. You know, what, what kind of, you know, how's life going? Everything all right? Bills paid. It's good. You know, can we meet a practical need? You know, those kind of questions. You don't have to be pushy, but just depends on where the relationship is, you know, but we're going to talk about some of that follow-up, train you on that, and, uh, and and we'll probably all rotate on that, but it's, it's just really good to stay in connection. Listen, I answer the phone. I've had people call. I had a lady call me. She actually, I think she came. She called me at like 1030 at night. I don't think she thought I was going to answer the phone for the church phone number because it comes right to my phone. I answered the phone. I was like, hello. She was like, oh, oh, um, yeah, what, what time are your services? I was just calling to like hear the answer machine, but I answered it, you know, and so we do have a number, which is cool because you can actually put Google Voice on your phone and call from the church's number and not your personal cell phone. And so you can just sign right in and use the church's number, which is cool. You'll just have to go into the app, and we can train you on that. So you can literally just use the same phone number so people will know, and that people won't get your personal number, and so you won't be pressured to do that. But also 
then we can interchange it and whoever has that. You know, a lot of churches, they have a church cell phone, and whoever's on call, they have that. But now with Google Voice, you don't have to do that. You can just literally sign in on your phone, and you'll get the calls. But you want to make sure to sign out, or you'll start getting <laughs> calls when you're not on. <laughs> you know, so. Yes, she has it, and I have it. At one time, mm-hmm. And whoever takes it, takes it. She has it on hers, and I have it on mine. Mm-hmm. So that way, she if she can't, if I, if I don't get it, she'll catch it. Or if I don't catch it, she can catch it. And so, yeah, it's pretty neat. So, yeah, technology. Let's use it for his glory. All right, let's pray. Father God, I pray for more than all. Lord, I pray that you would, you would come. You would come. Jesus, you are the greatest evangelist of all. Holy Spirit, you are the Spirit of Christ. You are our greatest partner in evangelism. You draw people. Uh, I even feel by the Spirit to just share a testimony. One time I was walking through the mall doing outreach, and uh, we hadn't really had a lot of, we hadn't been running through, um, running into a lot of people that night. We ran up to this guy, and he was Muslim. And uh, he asked me, I didn't know at the time, but he asked me, he said, hey, do you have a light? And I was thinking, no, but I have the light, you know. And uh, and so I stopped, and I began to talk to him. And he shared he was Muslim, but his mom was Christian. He's, like, confused. I said, well, God's not the author of confusion. But anyway, I just start sharing the simple gospel with him. The gospel is the power of God's salvation. you got to get out of your head that I've got to have this right or that right or I need to be in the right mood or the right mode. No, no, no. You're not the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So, so much so, watch this. I begin sharing the gospel with him, okay? He's responding to the gospel. As I'm preaching to him, somebody walks by, stops, and goes, what is this I'm feeling? What is this? Immediately by the Holy Spirit, I turn around and say, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Please don't go anywhere. Stay right here. I turn around, finish sharing the gospel with the Muslim pray for him to receive salvation. He prays the prayer of salvation, tells me he gets healed from a migraine I didn't even know he had as soon as he got saved. Turn around, the other guy that the Holy Spirit just decided, oh, here's another fish, let me grab him, you know, hooked, you know, he hooked to his arm. <laughs> he, he gives his life, do you want Jesus? Yeah, whatever this is, I want it, you know. And so lead him to Jesus, and then, man, you know, we shared that testimony that night, and it got wild. So, you know, that's what I want to tell you is that, you don't have to worry about it. How many of you filled with the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. Filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you have power to be a witness. You got it. Ain't your power, but you got it. It's his power. So, God, I pray that power mantle this whole room with that power to be a witness, a martyr. It means I'll die willingly for you. I'll literally go and die. That means, you know what? If you don't feel like doing it, then you already know you have power to do it anyway. Just die. Because you have the power to be a martyr. <laughs> Amen? In Jesus' name. So the first thing I'm going to share is about sharing Jesus. There's some do's and don'ts in it. Uh, I, I am, this says, I'm, I personally am. How many of you have my book? If you don't have my book, raise, raise your hand. You don't have my book? Okay. It is the free gift of bread. All right. You have the free gift of God. Now you have the free gift of bread. 
hopefully inspired by the Lord. Though. Um, so if it's not, Lord, I pray if there's any word in this book not inspired, let it not even touch their hearts in Jesus' name. All right, you ready? I am per- I personally, am a, you have it? You have it, right? Yep. I am perso- personally part of a ministry that meets every Sunday night in downtown Youngstown. Obviously not part of that ministry anymore, but for years was the outreach director um, there oversaw deliverance ministry and things. We saw everything. I mean, everything you probably saw as an M- EMT, we were running to half of it. We didn't see everything because you were on the accidents. But we we got, you know, we literally be casting a demon out of a woman at the front altar and another demon-possessed person would run in off the streets not even knowing what's going on. That demon in them knew that its buddy was screaming for help, ran in here and began to pray demonically over to, for the demon to stay. We had to take him out and then rip the demon out of her. Isn't that crazy? Guns go off in the bathroom. You know, legit. One time, listen, one time we cast the devil out of a woman. And listen, I know you've heard of them pooping. Or no, sorry, throwing up. But it, I shouldn't say <laughs> We'll edit that. Make sure, guys, check the time. Okay, how many minutes in? That gets cut. So you've heard of people. We'll pick it up there. I'll give them a nice little little cut. Uh, you'll pick up right here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you've heard of people vomiting you know demons before i'm sure many of you coughing them out things like this yeah this one came out the other end you know it was a really interesting night um actually one of the weirdest things i've ever seen and this might be out there for somebody and even some people that maybe listen over podcasts but um y- you know this lady she had a a, a a spirit of infirmity in her ear and i stuck my finger, I t- you know, the Lord stuck his finger in somebody's ear one time and it opened up. And I felt led to stick my finger in your ear. And I'm, I kid you not, it felt like something was trying to bite my finger. I mean, it was just really weird. I've seen people fall down and slither like snakes, take their shirt off in church, in front of the altar, and begin to slither like a snake. I've seen women possessed by a demon come off the streets, walk up to the pastor while he's ministering and begin to dance seductively. I mean, you just, it's out there, guys. But the cool thing is we have power and authority over every serpent and, and every scorpion, the Bible says, which are d- speaking of demonic spirits, and you have power to cast out devils. They will re- you will receive power. And he says, this signs follow, these signs follow those who believe. They shall cast out devils in my name. We live in Youngstown, Ohio. You are going to run into devils. It ain't a matter of if. It's a matter of when on this street. I'm telling you. Right now, uh, I mean, we ran into them this week, knocking on my door. You know, they just, it, it happens, you know. It just happens. I ran into them in the laundromat. I remember folding clothes one time, just folding clothes in the laundromat. And it's this demon-possessed man, oh, you, I know it's you. And just begins to point and, like, manifest, you know. What do you do? You know. And But if they want free, they'll be free. They won't be free. So I, w- I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you, but I want you to be prepared. But anyway, we were down there Sunday night after Sunday night. Sarah was there. She was on leadership as well. Decker used to come out, and there's some others that were down there, Chris and Miss Bonnie. And, uh, you know, Sunday night after Sunday night, Jen was on leadership as well. Uh, We were down there. We hit the streets weekly and minister the gospel, pray for the sick, and invite people to services. We've watched people get so touched and blessed by this outreach. In our time doing this, we have built rapport with a security guard at the local mall. We meet with him, pray for him, minister to him, and encourage him. Now he has changed the radio to Christian music throughout the mall. And he is he is ministering to other people within the mall. This guy has since, by the way, gone on to be with the Lord. And so imagine if we hadn't have been there, you know, who knows? May God could have sent another, but or maybe there wasn't another. Who will go? The Bible says, here I am, send me. 
You just, we don't know. We'll know in eternity. But he is now with our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and our Father and the angels in heaven and all the saints. Oftentimes when we go in, he has lined up, uh, people lined up waiting for us to arrive so we can minister to them. He'll literally, he knows when we come in, he would have people waiting. Uh, you have no clue what God will do when you see outreaches like this. The Lord begins to change cultures and atmospheres. For years, I have run a very successful high-end shoe store in Ohio. I intentionally hire believers to work for me. I always let them know the, that part of their job is ministering to people who come in. We pray for folks, hear from God, and we've seen awesome salvations and deliverances in the marketplace. Evangelism is a lifestyle, not an event. My prayer is that this doesn't just become about two Sundays or Saturdays a month, but that it becomes your lifestyle. Witnessing, and me too, man, because, man, God knows it's time to tear up some. How many of you know that I've been focused on pastoring in this season? But it's time to not only do that, but like Paul said, do the work of an evangelist, he told Timothy. So, so here he goes. He says, um, I say, I said, he says, I say, uh, evangelism is a lifestyle, not an event. It's a continual way of living, not a one-off experience. I want to share with you a couple of do's and do nots for sharing Jesus. I've seen these practical things tested and proven in the er arena of evangelism. As you go, the Bible says, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. This is Matthew 10, 7 through 8. This is where we get you know, the nonprofit's name, uh, Encounter 1078, it's Matthew 10, 7 through 8, because we don't have anything to give away if we haven't first received by Encounter, and then from Encounter we go out and do the work. This is a commission for every believer. Some would say that was only the 12 apostles. We see that as absolute foolishness, or Philip was not qualified, <laughs> the one who transported by the Spirit. <laughs> Stephen, the first martyr, was then not qualified, right? Uh, this is a commission for every, but Paul was done. All right. It's as simple as asking a waiter or waitress what their name is. That alone can catch them off guard that someone wants to know their name. You have no many, how many times we go out and many of you have been with us and I'll intentionally ask the waiter, what is your name? Hi, my name is, and then go around the table and introduce everyone. That instantly begins rapport with them. No, people treat them just like, a, you know, trash, man. Just give me my food. I need to get out of here. Uh, that'll catch them off guard that someone wants to know their name. Then we will tell them, hey, we are going to bless our food. Is there anything that we can pray over for you? Then suddenly a door opens and you're able to access a person's heart. I can tell you how many times we've just seen Jesus, you know, and you just build rapport with them. Be nice, bless them, tip real well, you know, and, and then you may say, hey, by the way, you know, we have service at this day or this day, and you'll have some cards and things like that. And you say, hey, do you want to, you know, we'd love to have you at a service. The dues. If you're by yourself or in a store and you feel like God has given you a word for someone, make sure you approach them in a way that makes them feel safe. If a woman is by herself in the corner of a store, it isn't the best idea to run up and approach her with a bunch of zeal, passionately sharing some big prophecy. <laughs> you know, hey, God told me to tell you. And she's this woman. And you're all, Whoo! you know, especially as, you know, those. well, I'm getting real skinny, but uh you know, you know, Dylan and Chris, Chris Hollis. Can you see Chris Hollis running? Hey, girl, got a word for you over in the corner. You know, is <laughs> arm the size of my head? You know, <laughs> can you see? She probably wouldn't respond well. You know, um, so she'd be caught off guard. 
Uh, instead, just casually introduce yourself with whoever you're ministering to. Tell them your name. That's a start. Hi, I'm Brett. You know what? Something old-fashioned is that. Hi, I'm Jim. Hi, I'm John. You know? Uh, that's a start. For example, I might approach someone in public casually and say, hey, my name is Brett, and I'm just out shopping today, and I saw you, ha- saw you and I had a thought for you. You don't always have to say, thus says the Lord. You say, I, I just had a thought. You know, or you may say, you know, um, I, I, I know, you know, I don't know, I don't know where you're, sometimes I'll do this, I don't know where you're at, you know, or what you believe, but you know, I, I, I follow the Lord Jesus, and, and I believe that he's spoken to me, and you can, it's very diffusing, because if you come up like, the Lord Jesus said, they're like, I don't believe in him, you know, immediately, and so if you immediately present that you're comfortable with the fact that they may not know the Lord, they will then be comfortable with the fact that you know the Lord. Does that make sense? And you don't come off as very pushy or, you know, but just, hey, you know, um, I don't know where you're at, you know, with, with faith or God or Jesus or anything like that. But listen, I follow the Lord Jesus Christ, and, um, you know, often uh, uh, I believe he speaks to me. And, and, uh, and so I just had a thought for you and, and just, you know, would love to know if it, if it makes sense to you. And then you begin to share, you know, the thought. And so, you know, what, what this is prophecy. This is, you know, a word of knowledge that you may, you know, you may have sent a pic- picture. For example, I had a, um, an employee as actually the only unbeliever I hired at Red Wing. She was an unbeliever for one day. And she came to work at Red Wing, and we sat down at, on a stool, and I began to talk to her. And as I was talking with her, I saw a picture in my mind, like, you know, if you close your eyes right now, and you picture an apple in your mind. You know, can you see it? Close your eyes. Can you see it? You see the apple? You see the apple? Skylar, you see the apple? Yeah? Is it green or red? It's re- she said it's yellow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so that is, you know, some often the voice of God will happen upon your mind just like that. And I'll get a picture, an image. Well, I saw an image of this bike, and I saw the colors and all this thing. I said, hey, listen. I knew it was from, and I, and then I had a knowing attached to that picture, which is the voice of the Spirit. You'll know by the Spirit. The Lord knew. You know, he said I, he had no need for anyone to tell him anything because he already knew what was in the hearts of all men. And I knew. And I, I knew it was her bike when she was a little girl. And I said, hey, did you have a bike when you were a little girl? And was it? Doop, 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 and I started to describe it. Well, everybody has a bike right, most likely, as a little girl, but I began to describe it. As I began to describe it, she began to weep, because not only were the words coming out of my mouth true, but they were the Lord's, and when the Lord speaks, he confirms it with himself, his presence, and so I began to speak, and the Holy Spirit fell on her. One word, I began to speak, and the Holy Spirit fell on her. She began to weep, and then the Lord revealed to me that there was trauma attached to that bike, and there was something, a big trauma attached, some kind of fight or argument. And come to find out her and her brother had a big blowout argument as a kid over this bike. I had no idea. And I be, then I began to say, don't you see God knows all and sees all and he saw you back then. And from that place, I began to share then the, the gospel. And I see that's power evangelism. We're getting ahead of ourselves. But that, that's how the Lord does it. And she ended up giving her life to Jesus. Another time I was in Atlanta. And uh, I was uh, I was on outreach uh, with I was leading a team on outreach with Brian Guerin down in uh, in in Atlanta, Georgia for Glory Nights in 2017. 
and we were out on the streets and we had men just been ministering to one person after another, after another, after another, after another. And, but, but the Lord told me specifically, go to Underground Atlanta, which is a closed down. It used to be a mall underground. They've closed it now and there's stores up above. I didn't know that. But we made it there. We ran into this demon-possessed woman, cast devils out of her. I mean, it was crazy. But then we got right to the edge and we had to do like, we started praying in the spirit. And all of a sudden, these four gangbangers roll up in this Porsche uh, car and they get out. And I, and I, and I, and I seen them and I heard that I had a, one was highlighted by the spirit. What do I mean highlighted by the spirit? Uh, there's some stuff that I'm going to be sharing in stories that you, that you, I can't teach you. Some things have to be caught, not taught. So you have to catch what I'm talking about. And then you'll have to experience and go, Oh, that's what he was talking about. Hi, what I mean highlighted the spirit. How many of you have been reading your Bible and ever had a verse just jump out at you? It's like that sucker became bigger than all the other words. How many of you ever had that happen? Yeah. You ever had that happen? That we call that it's just a Christianese phrase, highlighting. It's not you won't find that word in the Bible or the Greek or the Hebrew or the Aramaic, but it's it's 2021 and it's just kind of it's like it's been highlighted, like you highlighted it in your Bible, right? It's the same. Well, that'll happen with people. Sometimes when I'm ministering under the anointing up here for those of you preachers and and whatnot, and this this can be in every walk of life, often one of you will be highlighted, and I'll see that there's just a glow about you. You just stand out in the room. That is the Holy Spirit. You lean into that. Um, so anyway, uh, this this one particular guy, he was highlighted, and I heard one word by the Spirit. I heard one word, and that, and that word was uh, leader. That's all I heard, leader. And then I knew by the Spirit he was a leader from birth. God had called him as a leader from birth. No idea into what. So I, I went and tried to track him down. They ran into this shoe store. Uh, which was interesting at the time because I was running a shoe store. But we go into this shoe store. I walk up to the guy. I said, yo, man, what's what's your name? He said, my name is Rico. There, I, I got three of the names, but I, I don't remember the fourth one. They were Rico, Paper, and Fats. That was their name. And I don't remember the other one. And one of them was 11 days out of like six years in prison or something like that. 11 days out of prison. And, uh, and so he had been locked up or whatever. I'm pretty sure they were there buying dope. No judgment. I'm just, this is, I mean, we're being real. They were from Memphis. In Atlanta, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and and yeah, I mean they they were trying to meet somebody. So uh, anyway, I, I release. I I go up to him. I said, "What's your name?" He said, "Rico." And I said, "Listen, man, I I don't know if this makes sense to you, whatever." But I said, "The Lord sometimes He speaks to me." I said, "I feel like the Lord has said that you were called a leader from birth." That's all I said. When those words came out of my mouth, the Holy Ghost jumped on him. The hair on, I literally saw it, the hair on his arm stood up straight. And he started go, God just spoke to me. God just spoke to me, man. I ain't never been to church a day in my life, but God just spoke to me. I said, well, listen, man, let me, can I tell you about Jesus? Yeah, you could tell me about Jesus. I started sharing Jesus with him. I was like, do you want to give your life to Jesus? He said, of course I do, man. God just spoke to me right now. God, man, you don't even know. You don't even know what I've been going through. You ain't got no idea. My mama been calling me. You don't even know. He started going, because, but God knew. So then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, he starts telling his buddies, listen, the Holy Ghost so got on him, he starts telling his buddy, and you need Jesus, and you need Jesus, and I know you. Need, I know what you've been doing, you need Jesus to his other homeboy. So listen, I said, well, hey, come on, and I just started to preach the gospel in the middle of the store. About that time, the manager of the store comes over, and she tries to shut it down. She's like, you can't do this, you can't do it, and he, Rico goes, no, I need this man. He said, I need this. 
And then he grabs, tries to grab her hand and pull her into the circle. And goes, you need this. And tries to grab her and pull her in. And she was like, no, nah, no, nah, can't, you can't do that here. You can't do that. You got to go. I understand you got to go. And I was like, all right, all right. So I looked at Rico. I said, hey, Rico, man, respect and honor. I grabbed him by the hand. I'm holding this gangbanger's hand. You know, I'm holding his hand like this. And I said, respect and honor. He goes, yeah, respect and honor. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I got it. So we walked. But the Holy Spirit knew he responded. I didn't, you know. I don't know. Uh, you just listen by the Spirit. So we go outside. We get outside. Now we're in, in, in uh, downtown, right outside of downtown Atlanta, underground Atlanta. We're outside. All of a sudden, uh, we gather, gather up in a group, and there was some other group with us. They came and joined us. I began to preach the gospel again. About that time, this dude in a wheelchair rolls up. And I'm thinking in my mind, oh, he's about to get up out this w- This is already the craziest evangelist story i ever seen other than the dude getting, you know, hooked in the mouth. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this, is, it's about, this dude's about to get out of the wheelchair. But he came up and he said, give me money. Give me money. He had a, you know, like a spirit in him. He was like, give me money right now. Give me money. I was like, listen, man, we'll, we'll I would love to talk to you. I'd love to pray. But for, in my mind, salvation, healing, what's priority? You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm like, just just a minute, though, because all these people are, like, on, hanging on every word. You could see the Holy Spirit. They're weeping. These game are weeping. Other people around weeping. Like, they're all about to give their life to Jesus. You know, there's, like, 15 of us in a circle at this point. And I'm like, I'm like, listen, man, just a minute. No, give me money. I need money. Give me some money right now. I need some money. All of a sudden, Rico reaches in his pocket, grabs out a big, fat water card, and says, I need this, and throws money at the dude. He's like, go away. I need this. He just wanted saved, you know. It was great. The Holy Spirit was moving on him. So so all of a sudden, so then, man, I just finished preaching the gospel. They all give their lives to Jesus, man. I think all but one of them was questionable. Everybody else just weeping, repentance, man. And then all the team just began to prophesy over them, pray for them. People were getting healed. Uh, all that devil's cast out, all that stuff. It was amazing. Just saying. We'll take questions at the end. Uh, so I- anyways, just, it was just an amazing time uh, in, in downtown Atlanta. So, uh, so I- anyway, one word, man, you just never know. So I want to encourage you to just step out. I want to encourage you to just, just step out. Just step out and, and just obey. Just ask people their name and wait on the Lord. You may have a banana pop in your mind, a picture of banana. Hey, um, y- you know, and then you just by faith start talking about, does, is there anything to do with a banana? You don't know. They might have been in a fight with their mom about a banana that morning. You got no idea why God does anything. It's, it's, it works by faith. It works by faith. I'm just telling you. I've seen it. Some of the strangest things, the one word, and the Lord give it to you, and you just step out, and, man, he moves. I'm jumping way ahead of myself, but it's okay. It's fun. All right. So, anyway, I had a thought for you. Could I share that? Folks will almost always allow you to share. After you share the word that you felt was relevant, feel free to ask them, does that make any sense to you? If you nailed it with the word, you'll have influence with them uh, usually, and God will bless you for stepping out in faith. You will have a path to communicate the gospel with them. We've got to step out in these things. I've heard it said you spell faith R-I-S-K. R-I-S-K, risk. That's how you spell faith. You take risks. Without risk-taking, you aren't activating faith in your life. When you share with people, you don't have to use a weird KJV Old Testament way of speaking. Like, thus saith the Lord to you. (laughs) You know, we don't have to do that. Love the KJV. Many of my verses are memorized by KJV, but we don't talk that way in 2021. Just be real, be yourself, and share it. You know, God gives you the word. It's often our responsibility to wrap it and present it 
You know, it's like he gave, if I was going to go buy my son a gift for his birthday, it would come one way at the store. The gift would not, the, the item would not change. But the way in which I wrap it and present it to him is up to me. And often that's the way it is with, with these kind of prophetic things. Uh, use words like, I sense, maybe you are going through a hard time, or I sense that God wants to bless your health, and so forth. It keeps things lighter and more relatable. From that place, you'll be able to say, Jesus loves you so much, and he tugged on my heart to share that word with you. Can I pray for you? Uh, you maybe get around somebody, and all of a sudden you feel anxious, and you know you weren't feeling anxious till you got around them. That is most likely a gift of discernment manifesting that they're dealing with anxiety. And you may be saying, hey, listen, you know, I don't mean anything by it, but do you, do you, you know, you deal with anxiety? Or you may just want to just continue rapport with them and say, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? And then begin to pray for that anxiety. You don't even have to point it out. Listen, when you start praying for what they're going through and they didn't tell you what they're going through, they will begin to weep and know that God is with you. That's what Paul says. Why would that all would prophesy? Prophecy is a sign that when they come in and you, you, tell, you know everything they ever did, then they fall down and say God is truly among them. It's the same way in, in evangelism. When you wrap all of these methods in love, you are going to be effective. Love is respectful. If people are pulling away from you in street ministry or perhaps they're shy, be respectful of their boundaries. Don't be pushy. You yourself probably wouldn't like it if a stranger invaded your personal space and took all your time. As a result, we should keep it respectful, light, and simple. It's simply showing folks folks, the basic good news of Jesus in love. You know, often in street ministry, unless you're like at somebody's house or even then, people are on their way somewhere. People are going somewhere and they've got to be somewhere. So, you know, the last thing you want to do is leave like a stain on their on their mind of you that you were just pushing. They kept having to go. If they communicate, hey, I need to go. You may, Can I just have one more minute of your time? Only take one more minute. Don't take 30 minutes, you know. But if they're like, no, 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 I got to go and say, okay, man, Jesus loves you. Bless you. Here, maybe here's a card. Here's whatever. We, we love you. You know, we'll, we'll see you later. Don't be pushy, you know. But you can, you'll be able to, you know, I mean, the uh, it's said, not the Bible, but it's said that 80% of human language is body language. You'll be able to read, their, are they trying to go away from you? To, and then also follow the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the Holy Spirit may lead you to press in a little bit, and other times it's just let them go. Remember, we're not always out there to harvest, we're, but we are out there to always plant seeds. One seeds, another waters, and God gives the increase. We ourselves can't get anyone saved on our own. It is a work of the Holy Spirit drawing them in. You don't have to force it or pressure it. Simply ask, do you know Jesus? Are you in a relationship with him? Many will say yes, so just encourage them in their faith. If not, extend the invitation and get them plugged into a local church. The don'ts. Do not approach someone and begin speaking in tongues over them. Paul said, yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than ten words in a tongue. The only setting in which you should pray in a tongue over someone on the streets is if you have an in tongue and an interpretation that you cannot contain or if you are among those of a foreign language and God allows you to speak in their own native tongue like we see in the book of Acts. So it should be spirit-led. Meaning what? If you feel led to speak in tongues and then prophesy, I'd say go for it. If, you, if they're foreign, then, you know, because that's what interpretation of tongues is, is prophecy. So if I feel like I have a tongue and God's going to give me the prophecy, that's one thing I may begin to pray under my breath. You can also do that, pray in tongues under your breath, and then begin to prophesy.
or if they're they're foreign they're of a foreign descent and they speak another language and the Holy Spirit gives you an unction, you begin to speak in tongues. I've had that happen where the dude was like, Is that do you know Aramaic? I'm like, No, sir, I don't. You know, I know a guy that got saved because somebody spoke in tongues and he heard them and they were speaking um, clear, fluent Hebrew in the right dialect. And this person was a Jew at the time. And now they're a Messianic Jew. They gave their life to Jesus because of that tongue. Um, actually, his name is Sandy Culkin. Many of you guys may know who he is. But anyway, uh, one time at work in the shoe store, I had a Muslim in the store and I felt almost an unction, an un- uncontainable unction to speak in tongues to him. So I did. Afterwards, the man, this is the, the story, asked if I knew Arabic. Of course, I didn't know Arabic. But the Lord brought out a foreign tongue to minister to the man. Another thing to avoid is laying hands on people to pray without their permission. In fact, if you're alone, I don't recommend laying hands on the opposite sex to pray ever. Something I do as an alternative is if this person uh, with, with the opposite sex, is if, is if a person's shoulder is hurt, for example, I'll have them lay their own hand on their shoulder, and then I'll lay my hand on theirs to pray. Again, do these things in public places, not in back corners. If they reject prayer and or laying on of hands, no problem. God will still work. The biggest thing is making people feel comfortable. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. That is the heart of the Father in evangelism, letting people feel safe and not, well, we'll take questions at the end. Evangelism should be naturally supernatural. It doesn't have to be flaky and weird. Be intentional and thoughtful. Lastly, do not forget to give God all the glory. If you see a healing or a salvation while in outreach, give God all the credit and glory. When people celebrate, experience peace, healing, or something supernatural, always point them back to the amazing person of Jesus. You may have people say, thank you so much. You did this. You did that. Listen, point them to Jesus every. Don't be like, oh, well, bless God. Yeah, you know, aren't you so glad you ran into me today? You know, oh, you're never going to guess what I did today. Buddy, you didn't do nothing. You was just the donkey the king rode in on, <laughs> you know. Just be aware. Uh, sealing the deal. As we lift Jesus up, people will be drawn to him. The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Romans 1.16, emphasis added. Uh, Don't ever underestimate the power of the simple gospel. This message has worked from the start of the church and will continue to the work until Jesus returns. Matter of fact, when the angel is released with the trumpet in the end times, guess what message he has? The simple gospel. It can be as simple as saying, Hey, can I share good news with you? Then you simply sit to, most people want to hear good news. This is the good news, most, most goodest, the best news ever. Uh, then you simply take people through the gospel, Christ dying for our sin and raising up from the grave to redeem our potential and purpose. As you pray for them, seal the deal and give them a chance to invite the Holy Spirit to fill the empty places in their life. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the seal of our salvation. Give them a chance to accept Jesus and experience salvation. Then connect them with a safe place to grow in God. Remember, follow through. These methods and means are proven and tried. We and others all over the world are seeing such powerful results by simply loving them with kindness and honor. We believe that honor makes a way. As we honor people, paths of influence are created and God shows up. This isn't just for the evangelists. This life is for the saints. I said for like a southerner. For the saints. For for the saints. Yeah, so any, any, any questions real quick? I'll take a couple of questions on that, and then I'll read the next chapter, and we'll wrap up. Yep. Because a lot, uh, you never know what that woman has been through. If that woman has been raped or molested or has a problem with a man, you have no idea 
unless the Holy Spirit reveals it to you of what they've, they've been through, and it's just always to make them feel safe and comfortable. Because if you just go ahead and lay your hands on them without asking, without asking permission, or say, hey, can you put your hand here and be cautious with that, they may very well be more focused and concerned about your hand or the trauma that they've been through than receiving from God. And so you want to create a safe place, just like we do in church, want to create a safe place in an environment where people feel safe and comfortable to connect with the Holy Spirit. We want to speak truth in love. And so we want to honor them and connect with them. And same things, even with a guy sometimes. You never know. Just watch their body language. They may be like, oh, don't touch me. Some people don't want to be touched. You know, when I worked in Red Wing Shoes uh, in the shoe store in Niles, I didn't know this, but Niles has one of the highest um, – accounts of molestation in 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 ohio and so what was really weird is people would come into our store and and what red wing wants you to do is they want you to get down on your knees and put boots on people's foot for them but i can't tell you how many people would not want you to put their what want you to touch them they don't want you to touch them and so you just ask first you build that form say hey you know i'd like to pray for you is it okay if i place my hand on your shoulder or if it's a woman and it's a certain area say hey would it be all right if you put your hand there and then i place my hand on your hand to pray and most people with that kind of honor, they're going to be more open to it than can I just lay my hand on you. Or if you just go do it, they might like, like, don't touch me. Why are you touching me? And then all of a sudden it's done and they don't want nothing. So you just want to create a safe environment, you know, and be just conscious and, and, and mindful of people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Any other questions? Oh, yeah. And once, yeah, you create it safe and they feel comfortable with you. Now they're open to receive. And then the Holy Spirit moves. Oh, man, yeah. And then the next thing you know, they're hugging you and crying on your shoulder, you know, because the Lord just moved. I've had snot. You know what I mean? Times from awakening, you know, I had to have just snot all over my, my shirt right here. Sometimes it was Sarah's. <laughs> I think I heard your thought. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, sometimes it, you know, it was hers. <laughs> maybe some other, maybe Chris over there. I don't know. He's shaking his head. Awesome. So so we'll move it on. And this is really so now you have the heart of practical evangelism, just the heart to start. You have the heart to start. Now we want to talk about the mission and why and what ultimately the results will be. The fruit of it will be. See, you're getting the soul. Obviously, the soul matters most. The individual one stopping for the one loving the one, you know, that they would no longer have uh, an eternal destination of hell and the lake of fire. But eternity with Jesus Christ. But I want to talk to you about the mission for this house and what was just confirmed and really rekindled in my heart uh, through Tabitha Wade, who, who will, again, be here with us uh, on the 21st, I believe, is when they'll be here in town. But um, the word that she released and had no idea. And so... Uh, I'm going to share this with you. I wrote this years ago. The title of the chapter is Rebuilding Ruined Cities. And boy, you better just look around our city. You got to start looking at it as our city. You got to start looking at it as, you know, John, even though you may be over in Newcastle, there's a reason God has you coming to Youngstown, Ohio. There's a reason. You know, and you have to look about why am I, why was I born here? Why did I, how did I, a, a boy from Pensacola, Florida, end up in Youngstown, Ohio through series of it? Why did God orchestrate that? What purpose? Why? It's not just, your life isn't about you. Did you know that? 
Your life stopped being about you the day you gave your life to Jesus. Then it became about him and his mission and those whom he loves and has chosen. Those who wish to gain their life will lose it. Those who try to keep their life, sorry, those who wish to gain their life lose it. Those who lose their life gain it. Here we go. You ready? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. This was the mandate of Jesus Christ. He came with this anointing and performed these acts of love. Not only did he do them, but he looked at us and commissioned us to do them with the same anointing. He said, the same glory the Father gives me, I give you. Lord, in the same way you sent me, I send them. He said, I am the light of the world. That's John 8, 12. And then he said, he looked at you and me and said, you are the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14. The verse continues to proclaim, this is on Isaiah, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, hallelujah, for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called oaks, oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. These passages highlight issues, needs, and struggles that almost every human who lives long enough can identify with. There's not one thing in there that I'm telling you, there's not a person on the planet that hasn't experienced one of those things that was just listed. That's amazing. God offers a solution for each one. He's not left one person or one situation out. Jesus is the answer, the anointing of the anointed one is the answer for it all. Listen to this. He offers plenty, or he doesn't leave us without help. He offers plenty of joy, opportunity for praise, beauty in the place of the mess, and so much more. Not only that, but he, ca- he causes us to become trees of righteousness. This means we are firmly planted people bearing fruit for our God. Let's dial in on the next verse. And they shall, who? The oaks of righteousness. How many know, were you mourning and received joy? Did you have ashes that God has turned into beauty? Did you have a spirit of heaviness that was replaced with a garment of praise? Have you been planted right here in this church that the Bible calls the pillar and ground of truth? Have you received the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Then that's the they it's talking about. Shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. They, in this verse, is us. It is our call to rebuild our cities. Jeremiah's solution. Let's look at another example of the call in Isaiah found in another major prophet, Jeremiah. The opening verse in Jeremiah 29 states clearly who Jeremiah is writing to. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and and all the people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. That's Jeremiah 29.1. Jeremiah is writing to the exiles. Why is this important? Because most 
all of us Christians know the verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. We quote that verse to strengthen ourselves and to provide hope in hard times. Yet we must understand the context Jeremiah was writing to the exiles. If we rewind a few verses, Jeremiah gives us great insight on how to experience the the verse 11 type of hope and prosperity. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Jeremiah 29, 7. In other words, in your city's prosperity, you find your prosperity. You might think, well, this verse is speaking to exiles. We aren't exiles, so how does that apply to me? We actually are exiles, in a sense. The Bible says, for this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. That's Hebrews 13, 14. And again, the scriptures declare, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, Philippians 3, 20. So in a sense, we are exiles. We are in a temporary land sent by God to fulfill his purposes. We are called to impact culture with the kingdom culture and believe for the welfare of the place we are. We actually see this play out beautifully in the life of Daniel. Daniel would have been one of the exiles that Jeremiah's letter was written to. Daniel's mission in Babylon was evading the culture and influencing it for the glory of God. Daniel was under the rulership of a nasty pagan king who did not acknowledge God. We see in the book of Daniel what happens when kingdom culture invades earthly culture. The three Hebrew boys had been thrown into the fire, and the culture around sees a fourth man in that fire who brings about salvation. Look at the effect these events have on the pagan king Nebuchadnezzar. This is the words of Nebuchadnezzar. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs and mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. That was recorded that Nebuchadnezzar had said, a pagan king. The very reason that the Hebrew boys were thrown into the fire in the first place was because this man wanted people to worship him. Yet because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not submit their wills to the culture of this world, but instead submitted their wills to the living God, they changed the culture they were placed into. God will position us to influence world leaders, people in high places, and the cultures we are in if we carry the culture of heaven into the cities we are in. This is just a type and shadow in the Old Testament pointing to what is possible in the New Covenant. If a pagan king in the Old Testament declares how mighty God is and gives reverence to the Lord after an encounter with God's people, how much more can we influence our world now? We can turn anti-God pagans into God-worshiping preachers. Again, not us, but the Holy Spirit in us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did one thing. They obeyed. Don't believe the lie that your obedience and character don't matter to God. They do, and they matter to people. I'm going to say that again. Don't believe the lie that your obedience and character don't matter to God. The one thing that you are always able to do in the sphere God has given you is obey. Your simple obedience creates room for the kingdom to expand wherever you are. Look for opportunities to pray for the sick, give a prophetic word, and move in the flow of God. It doesn't have to be at a pulpit. It can be at work, behind a desk, or in the streets. 
These simple acts of radical obedience begin to cause change in the world we live in. This is what the fulfillment of Isaiah 61 looks like. We have an amazing opportunity in front of us. Our culture often doesn't look like the kingdom of God. That means we have a target for his love. Jesus is the hope of the nations. And as long as he is on the throne, and he is, we have the chance to bring his rule on the earth. Volunteer your time, give to local missions and outreaches, support your community, serve your town, and love people well. Listen, ruined people rebuild ruined cities. Ruined people rebuild ruined cities. Ruined people are the brick and mortar that God uses to rebuild the ruined cities. It always starts with people. He fixes up people who have become desolate so that they can tackle rebuilding the desolate communities. Ask God to give you a heart that's for your city. If you have a heart for another city, ask God if it's of him and perhaps move to that city to begin influencing it with the love of God. God is so interesting in changing cities and nations. I'm going to mention a different church than the one I've listed here, but I think about Jesus Culture right now, or not Jesus Culture, Jesus Image Church down in Orlando, and they are radically impacting. I mean, it's salvation after week. After, they're going out every week, hitting the streets. Yeah, they're, they're getting week after week after week, they're getting impacted. Salvations, lives being changed. There's other churches around uh, the nation that have uh, apostolic and prophetic leaders who are meeting with local government officials and bringing about radical community change in that region. God wants to reproduce this model all over the earth, and the time is now. Listen, we may not fix everything in this nation. We may not be called to change lives and Guatemala. Some of you may never leave the nation. So maybe, maybe you are called. But I know this. You live in Youngstown, Ohio. Or you come to Youngstown, Ohio. And God has brought you here for a reason and a purpose. Yeah, you could move here too. Let's pray that God would give this, this heart for this city. I don't want to wake up another day with a purposeless life. I don't know about you. I don't want to I don't want to think about just getting mine. You know, what's the next thing I can do to expand my portfolio? There's only one portfolio I want to expand is my treasures in heaven. God, I pray right now that you would come upon this people. I pray even over people listening on podcasts right now, Lord. You would speak to them. If it's Youngstown, Ohio, maybe God's spoken to you recently. I, I pray that you would relocate. You would come right now. God would draw you here. Come. You're ruined. Don't worry about it. Ruined people rebuild ruined cities. Have you been broken? Good. God uses broken people to rebuild broken down places. Beauty for ashes. <laughs> Oil of joy for mourning. A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be oaks of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That they shall rebuild old ruins. They shall repair ruined cities. 
God, I pray that you'd give us a heart for this city, meaning the people, Lord. You do not build buildings out of brick and stone, but you build us as living stones, a habitation, a dwelling place for you. Send us out. Holy Spirit, unsear our conscience right now in the area of evangelism. Wipe away the fog and destroy the lies of the enemy that somebody else will do it. Make us seed sowers, God. I, I just, even right now, I just see um, on each of you, like prophetically, just a, 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 a pouch of seeds. Just, just, just begin to spread them. The words of God. Many of you have been reading the Bible for many years. You have plenty of seeds in your bag. It's time to spread them. God, and I pray over those seeds. I pray that the birds of the air would not come. I pray that they'd fall on good ground. I pray that thorn and thistles would be broken back. Stony places would become soft. I pray, God, you would begin to break our heart for the people in this city. I begin. You, I pray you begin to give us dreams in the night. You begin to wake us up crying out with people's names and faces, Lord. We begin to weep and cry out for the people and the souls on our street, in our city. Our friends. So what? Listen, so what if you lose a friend for sharing the gospel? You either lose them now or lose them for eternity. Which one? Which one's more important? But they might think I'm weird and not talk and never talk to me again. Yeah, but they might burn in hell. I mean, that's the choice. Sorry, lake of fire for the theologian. I don't want that, man. I want the glory for them. I want the bliss. You know, it's like when you're so in love with somebody and, man, they if they kiss you, you just, you know, or hold you or hug you. You want to tell everybody about it. And if you've been kissed by the king, you want to tell everybody about it. If you know that love, you want to tell everybody about it. Jesus, help us know you that we can show you. Amen. Bless you guys. Joining us on Encounter Podcast, we pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.